0: Yeah? Okay, Sandra raised her hand. Deborah's nodding her head. How about back here? Don't you want to know? Hey, how do we work together? Well, it's the power of love. So tonight, we are family. That's this family here. Not your relatives out there. Not your school community out there. Not your club soccer community. But hey, we're talking about this community right here. Look around. We are community, we are family. So what does it mean to be a functional community? So I want you to think right now, I'm sorry I'm going to make you think on Wednesday, but I want you to think, when you think of our church family, what do you think of? Do you think of our awesome youth? Amen, okay, so life is coming, Amen. Do you think of specific things, specific relationships? Do you think of the work we do for hope? Isn't that awesome? Amber does amazing things just creating these these, uh, murals, and we get to help our community out there. But that's our church family, right? Do you think of the families... You think of the youth. I love our outdoor services. And I also like that we play sports. Amen? Amen. We're a well-rounded church. You know, I want to ask you, and this is the crowd participation part, when you think of this family, what are the positive or good things you think of about this family? Church family. Shout it out. Devotion. Devotion. Love. Diversity. 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 Encouragement. Acceptance. Culture. Culture. Friendship. Friendship. Wisdom. Fun. All right. George Park loves fun. That's awesome. you know, I, I think about the cool things like, like preteen camp, and not only preteen camp, but that I think Lifeway has the most parents that go as counselors. Isn't that awesome? You know, I, I think about how uh, I know the Cans and and some of the others are starting third, fourth grade, having their own identity. Isn't that cool? You know, I know the singles last year had their own, uh, I think, art night, kind of those midweeks together. I think that's really cool. But what do you think of as those good things in this church family, this church community? Well, this this is our central scripture as we're going to kick off here talking about what is a functional community. It says, From Him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. As each part does its work. You know, in the Greek, it does not say, As the full-time minister does its work. Did you know that? You know, I went to seminary and I looked it up in the Greek. It does not mean, when it says each part, that it's talking about the full-time ministers. It does not say in the original language, only the youth minister, only the teen workers, as they do the work. You know, it doesn't say just the English speaking ministry does its work. It doesn't say just only the Latin ministry does its work. The scripture in Greek, as it is here in English, says each part does its work. So tonight, the goal is to have a vision, is what is my part? You know, on the playground, being picked on teams, it always stunk if you were the last one picked. Tonight we're going to talk about, in God's kingdom, each one of us has a part. Each one of us has a part. That's not a fable. That's not a nice thing to say. It's in the Bible, and it's true. Each part does its work. I'll talk about me. You know, I I changed careers. In my first life, I was an architect. And I did that for 17 years. And now in my second life, I'm a counselor. I'm a mayor. Oh, okay, Amen! That's the president of my fan club. and um, But you know, I love the vocation that I have now of doing the work that God's called me to, which is counseling. You know, I, I work with a four and a half year old girl. I work with an eight year old girl. They both suffer from anxiety. I work with singles. I work with married. I love what I do. And I believe God has gifted me that opportunity. But I also believe God wants me to use that gift, that calling, to help give back to His church community. I believe that's the part God wants me to do. But it's not just me, it's each one of us. So the goal tonight is to gain a vision. What is it that's my part in helping this awesome community by doing my part so if you're like me I feel like I'm already doing a lot okay that was a silence of I don't want to say that but it's true I know that because I'm a therapist and so you are doing a lot I feel like I'm doing a lot you know last night You know, I was so tired. Oh, no, it was Monday night. Okay, now I can't even remember the days of the week. (laughs) But I I remember finishing up a counseling appointment at um, 8.30 in the evening. I remember I was shaking because I was so tired. You know? And I went to In-N-Out Burger and got me a double-double animal style. (laughs) Amen! I'm glad In-N-Out is in my community. But... You know, it's exciting to think God has a part for me. But at the same time, because I know I feel busy, I feel stretched, I also feel a little scared. My part? Yikes! And if you're really honest, you probably feel a little bit scared too. And that's okay, because that would be normal. That means you're living, breathing, and have a pulse. So we're going to talk about it tonight. These are additional scriptures that I I think speak highly of how God feels about our community. But that its parts should have equal concern for each other. That each part should be devoted to one another out of brotherly love. And that we should honor one another above ourselves. And we honor ourselves pretty good, don't we? But God says, honor one another above ourselves. You know, for me, I believe community in God's eyes is sacred. I believe God feels like this community is holy ground. And I want us to remember if God feels that way, we need to feel that way. And these scriptures talk about how God believes that. So now Ralph's going to come up and he's going to talk about some, some of the research about community.
1: Heather? Amen. Uh, you know, I uh, became a Christian in 1990 in the UCLA campus ministry. And uh, when I first came uh, to church, uh, the church was about 300 uh, uh, members. Uh, the church was growing very, very rapidly. Uh, uh, we were at the Wiltern Theater uh, at some time. After that, we were at the Shrine Auditorium. Uh, after that, we didn't fit in the shrine. We kind of started spreading out all around Los Angeles. Uh, but I remember that the church was uh, very vibrant. It was very, very diverse. I remember it was very, very young. Uh, as a matter of fact, there was a time in the alley church, and, and uh, I'm sure the numbers are not exactly correct, but about half of the church, about 2,000 members, were campus students. And so, and the rest of the people were either younger singles or younger marrieds. And so when we look at, we saw couples that were 35 years old, we thought they were the elders in the church, you know. Uh, When someone had children, we thought, hey, you know, wow, you know, these are the, you know, these are the veterans, you know. And, And even spiritually, when someone had been a Christian for six months, it was like, wow, these are the old Christians, you know. And uh, it's so awesome that you've remained faithful for six months. I mean, I, I've only been faithful for two weeks. And so, you know, but in spite of the makeup of the church and and the diversity and the incredible growth, there was an incredible sense of community. There's a great sense of community. And uh, the scripture that I wanted to read here is in Hebrews chapter 10 and uh, verse 23 it says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider... How we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. And, uh, you know, looking at the church now, this is now, uh, fast forward, 25 years. Uh, We're a whole different church. Makeup. uh, But we still need to be the same community. Amen? Amen. We have a lot more families. We have a lot more families with children. We have a lot, you know, percentage-wise, we're much more of a family uh, type of ministry. And uh, we need to kind of make sure that we reach down and get all the young people to come and also become Christians in this day and age as well. Amen? But, you know, for us to become that community uh, and to be that community... It it's really has to be a culture change within, in all of us. And that's what Larry is talking about right here. And so when we uh, 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 were able to participate in Good Enough Parenting last year as a church, we really felt like this is a great vehicle for us to learn how in this new age, this new era, with this new makeup uh, demographically of our church, we can be that powerful community. That could really reach down and reach out and have an impact. And I think if we are that community, then we're going to be a light to the world. Amen. And that's why we're doing. You ask, well, why are we doing this every single week for four weeks in October? Because we need a culture change. And a culture change is not going to happen just, you know, hey, this is a great idea. hope we do it. You know, we we really want to hammer this down. We really want to follow up. We really want to make sure that it gets down to everybody. Why is the campus, the singles, everybody here? Because all of us need to be part of this community for the glory of God. Amen? So there was some research that was done back in the 80s, and uh, some of us remember the 80s. Uh, uh, you know, some good stuff, you, Lewis, and the news, as Leia was talking about. But there's a study that was uh, done in 1982. Uh, the book was written in 1987 about Catholic schools and comparison to public schools. And at that time, what they, what they found was that Catholic schools in the 80s, 80s outperformed public schools in several areas. Uh, there were, uh, students were more likely to graduate. They were more likely to enroll in college. uh, Also more likely to continue their college career after enrolling. And uh, when they were kind of looking in and trying to figure out, you know, why is that? Why is it that this is happening, not happening in public schools, yet happening in these Catholics? Apart from the fact that is it because of the teachers? Is it because, you know, they're paying and so they're getting better education? And what they found out that there was something that was very significantly different that you found in these communities uh, in private schools at that time in comparison to public schools. And that this, the communities were functional communities. And they found that there really there are two types of communities that you find. Uh, one of those is a value-based community. And that's where uh, people come to that community because they appreciate uh, the values of that community but don't necessarily want to participate in it. You know, they, they, they believe in it. They, hey, this is this is good stuff. I believe in it. it's good stuff, but they don't necessarily want to participate. You love what it stands for, but you're not really part of it. So that's a, ba- a value-based community, as you see up there. People brought together by the same values. And so, you know, what are some examples of some value-based communities, if you can think about that? What are some examples of that? Value-based communities. Okay, so maybe where do you go to school, right? You say, hey, you know, I want my kids to go to this certain school. And, and, and you sort of kind of gear yourself and get in a community that is going to be better for the education of your kids. Yeah. Okay, maybe like a Girl Scouts, right? They have values that you're like, I really love what they stand for. They sell cookies. I want my daughter to sell cookies. That's a great value. <laughs> well, I'm sure they do more stuff than that, right? But, you know, yeah, I mean, there are some great things, that, that some values that you want to have. You know, some there, some communities like sports, right? Yeah. You want your kids to learn a, a sense of camaraderie and team, uh, being part of a team. What are some other uh, value-based communities? Political? Yeah? Yeah, maybe, so, you know, hey, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, part of this political party, that political party, because... They, they believe what I believe. They stand for what I stand for. It's, you're, you, you're part of that because of that. A big one is which one? Churches. Right? A church is a value-based community, isn't it? Yes. We are a value-based community. Yes or no? Yes. And we are here because we assume that all of us stand for the same values. And before we talk about functional community, because value-based community is part of functional community. But the question for us is, do we stand for the same values? You know, because I think if we're going to move on to be a functional community, we need to start from the, from the base of, hey, all of us here believe the same thing. All of us here have the same conviction. All of us here have the same expectation. And I, I think we have some ways to go right there, don't you think? We got some ways to go, and that's why we're really working on this, on on being a church that, that has that strong value base but goes beyond that, to the second type of community, which is this, a functional community. And a functional community is where people are brought together by the same values and also people that are functioning as a community, looking out for each other. So it's not just hey, you know what? I'm I'm coming to church. I like it. I like the preacher. I like the minister. I like the building. You know, why, I, I love. Why am I in in, in uh, You know, why do I meet in Glendale? Because it's such a pretty building. You know, or I love to hear Reese preach, and, and or I you know I love this or that, or I love the music, or or these are all good things. They're not bad things. But. Does it go beyond that? So we're now we're just coming and, and, and being present. But we're actually being active in that community. That we're looking out for each other. And the more we can have more of us looking out for each other, the more powerful our community is going to be. And Larry's going to talk a little bit more about that in a little bit. But you know, I, you know, I think about me as a Christian. It's in us as disciples. It's inside of you that you cannot just be a spectator in God's church or in any community. You can't just be a spectator. You can't just be, you know, just come and sit and enjoy it and go. I mean, if you have the Holy Spirit inside you, there's something inside you telling you, know what, I got, I got to go beyond this. I can't just be just, you know, someone who's a, a member that shows up. I need to go beyond that. And anything that you do, you feel that spirit urging you. You know, uh, one of the things that my wife and I have done since our kids entered in school, really because, uh, for a couple of reasons. One is because we're disciples, we want to reach out to people. Amen. But another reason is because we want to make, we want to be an active part of our community. So from the very get-go, we're very much involved uh, in, in the PTA. So I remember going to the first PTA meeting. Say, why'd you go to the PTA meeting? Don't you have anything better to do? <laughs> I had a lot of other better things to do, if you could look at it. But I thought, hey, this is a great opportunity for me to have an influence, an impact in my community, this community here, but also get some of these people to join the best community, which is the church community, right? And some of those people are here like James and Greece, which is awesome, you know, they were part of that. But, you know, it's, it, it was inside of me to, hey, be a part and be, be involved because I didn't just want to be there. I want to be a participant. And we had a number of people, right, Yvonne, that were part of the, the whole committee. And so from the very beginning, they saw me and they probably thought, Hey, this guy, he seems like he could do something. Hey, would you like to be the, the PTA president? <laughs> I was like, no, no, I don't want to do that. And, uh, and then what, is it, what does it mean? And then, you know, they dropped the big giant handbook in my, in my house that I never read. <laughs> and, then, and then the lady said, hey, did you read it? No, I didn't read it. Did you read it? didn't read it. And they're like, okay, I'll do it. Never read it. Even to this point, I never read it. <laughs> but, you know, just starting getting involved in, in, in the PTA. Why? Because because I wanted to be part. I wanted to give back. I wanted to be part of the community. And not just be a consumer, but be a participant. Be involved. You know, uh, there's something that we talked about with our, our leadership team is... You know, there's a saying, it takes a village, right? But we talked about, you know, it does take a village to raise a child. But you got to be in the village. (laughs) You can't just say, man, I hope the village raises my kids. Oh, I hope the village helps me out. I hope the village is, you know, benefits me. If you're not in the village, it's not going to work. Right? And so the idea is that all of us are part of this. All of us are involved. So at this moment, we're going to look at, we're going to see a video that really illustrates, in this, in this sense, in a family, a functional community. And uh, I know some of you guys have seen uh, videos from uh, some of these uh, this uh, series, Parenthood. Uh, But this is where you see a brother and sister, Adam and Sarah, and they're talking, and, and they're both dealing with difficult situations with their kids. Very difficult situations in their family. And they're helping one another. Uh, And they're giving each other advice. And and you see even the intensity of it all. So why don't we just uh, 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 watch this video together.
0: We're about Sex. just when they tell you they're
1: Pretty intense, huh? You know, when you think about it, obviously, this is a family dealing with some intense situations. But you know, no matter what ministry we're in, whether it's campus, singles, marrieds, teens, we deal with some intense stuff. And the question is, are we going to love each other enough to push through? Are we going to love each other enough to be a community for each other? Are we going to love each other beyond the pushing each other away. And I think that's where God is really calling us to be in a community, is really love each other deeply from the heart, like the Bible says. You know, but when you think about that, I mean, just all that's going on is, is dealing, how, how can they deal with helping each other, giving each other advice as best as they can? And, and, and you know, she, she says, you know, it's, it's when they're pushing you, pushing you away when they need you the most. I think we need each other in that level. We need each other in that degree. Amen? We need to help each other and together help raise the next generation together as a community. Amen? And this time I want to bring up Larry.
0: (laughs) Me again. Okay. So. Here we go. So we're going to talk now about the power of community. So we explain the different... Two different communities, but now we're going to talk about the power of community. Peter Block writes about community, and this is how he defines community. A place where we belong, and it's the opposite of thinking that wherever I am, I would rather be somewhere else, or that I am still forever wandering, looking for that place where I belong. So the first quality of community is a sense of belonging. You know, sometimes we can show up even in this community and say, I'd rather be somewhere else. And if that's the case, that means, you know, you're being honest. But maybe it also means, hey, I don't know that where I belong in this community. But that is one of the defining characteristics of community. The other is, it is also a place where we have an emotional ownership and fostering among all of the community's citizens a sense of ownership and accountability. So it says here that the second quality of a community is emotional ownership. You know, that that if it's my community, I take ownership of it. That's what I was alluding to as far as, hey, I I just want to do my part. You know, teaching Good Enough Parenting along with the Steffens. I just want to do my part because this is my community and I want to take ownership of it. You know, ownership is, you know, the if if you own it, then you are a co-creator in it. You are one of the active members in it. You know, it's the idea that whatever I consider mine... I will build it, and I will nurture it. That we would care about the community. A lot of what um, uh, Raphael was talking about. And in in that key aspect, what it says then is we want to foster that sense of ownership among each other. And this is where I want to uh, really share too. I feel like, you know, with teaching the good enough parenting. I wanted to, but I wasn't sure if that was okay, to be very honest. And uh, I appreciate uh, the encouragement actually of Mary Kay and She was like, if you're learning this, if you're a counselor, we need to hear this. You know, she felt ownership. She wanted to help me take ownership. And that's that sense of accountability. Hey, you're an active member. Give us what you can and donate in that way. You know, accountability is not a four-letter word. It's what we need sometimes. We need to be held accountable. We actually want it. You know, when I parent or talk to parents, I help them remind them, our kids want that accountability. They want structure. They want help. And that's what we need to be for each other. Another interesting study, this is a study that was done, uh, over a nine year period, a longitudinal study, a lot more validity when it's a long term study. It was done in Alameda County, and it was a study that had 9,000 participants, and what it discovered is strong relationships promote better health. It's amazing. You know, in those community, in that community, Alameda County, what they noticed, it, is looking at the causes of living and dying and people that had a longer life were people that had good friendships and or were married. They had relationships. Another thing they noted is in the immigrant population in those communities they lived longer and if you think about it, that makes sense, right? When you come to a foreign land you are going to stick together and that's what community is. And it promotes longer life. You know, the, the sort of social relationships that they discovered were, you were married, you had good friends, you were a part of a church, or you were part of small groups that actively met together. And they said if, if you had all four of those characteristics, you actually lived longer in that study. Pretty amazing, right? Who would have known? Well, there's research. That's how we do know. Okay, let's talk about us as a church. Ralph alluded to it, but I want to talk about our growth as a church and how we've reached this point, okay? So this is our church, and then it grows. And then it grows some more, and we have more specialized ministries, right? And then we grow a little bit more And we have kids. And this is that scripture in 1 Corinthians. One body, many parts. And this is putting it into practice. When the church was growing, we started defining these very focused ministries. Because even though it's one body, it's made up of many parts. And we want to strengthen each part. Amen? So what happens? We keep growing. So we have not just the youth ministry. We have all-stars, preteens. Not just marriage with kids. We, have, we, we do have single parents. They're not just singles, but then we have millennials. And we start trying to meet these needs, right? And what happens is that growth now starts making it feel like it's not one body with many parts. It's many bodies with many parts. Right? And this is a term that I read through about this. Is it's sort of like the atomization of the church that church just breaks up into these little little atom, atom parts and all of a sudden you start losing the sense of community i don't know you know i don't know anybody in in that singles ministry cuz i'm in campus i don't know anybody in the marriage ministry cuz i'm in singles however you want to put it we become disconnected from the church community now what we're proposing us to think about in a sense it's not new but it's a new way to remember how we ought to think about our church community. Is that we are part of the same church community. And yes, we do have those ministries because we need to meet those needs. But it's not at the sake of the other ministries. You know, this is where it says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And hand cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. But sometimes in these atomized ministries... That ends up happening for us. Unintentional, but it ends up happening. And that's what we want to change. Amen? Okay, so the question becomes, what will it take? Okay, cool. Thanks for the concepts. What will it take? This is where it gets a little more real. So the first thing is, we need to have a vision. What's the Bible say? Where there's no revelation... Where there's no vision, guess what? The people cast off restraint. The people perish. And I believe we've sensed that a loss of spirit. You know, cast, uh, I'm just going to do my own thing. I'm going to look out for my family. Now, I don't need the eye, we need to have a vision. We need to take ownership. This is our sacred community. Ours, mine, and yours. Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. This is the responsibility of being an owner. We need to supply what's lacking in one another's faith. You know, if we if one mourns, we mourn. Them. Right? First Corinthians 12 again. If we are, are weak, we need help. If we are strong, we need to go and encourage. Amen? Finally, we need to be willing to grow. We need to be willing to grow. Not just change, but grow. This is a book I'm reading, and I love this quote. Sustainable spiritual growth happens when I actually want to do what I ought to do. Do you know the difference? Do you feel the difference? I know you do, because I do. There are times I show up and it's like, hallelujah, I know I should show up. We need to sustain growth in our spiritual maturity by changing our hearts and wanting, wanting to do the right thing, does that make sense? So you know, here's the, here's the challenge: is you may have doubts, you may feel cynical. That's another word for, in the Greek, faithless. Actually, it's not in the Greek. I just sort of threw that out there, but I think you know what I mean. You may be cynical. Oh, I've heard this. I've read this Bible. Right. But sustainable spiritual growth is when I want to do what I ought to do. We're at a point in our church where we've never been as old as we are. Right? Oh, thank you, Tom. But we've never been here before. So the issue is not do I show up do I read my Bible that is the issue any of us have honestly it's do I want to show up is do I want to read my Bible do I want to love God do I want to help people in this church be stronger because I know when they're weak you know you might feel doubts you might feel fears You might feel unbelief. And I'm here to tell you, it's okay. It is okay. But are we willing to be a functional community? You know, because we may have fears, we may have doubts, we may be faithless, we might feel like we can't do this because we've never been here before. And you you might have something there, but if you take a step of faith. If you are willing, if you would be brave enough to be a disciple of Jesus in your heart, you can overcome. I can overcome. Because when I'm down, I hope somebody picks me up. When you're overwhelmed, I hope I can be there to help you say it's going to be okay. And it reminds me, and we're going to finish with this, it reminds me of story. Woody and Buzz. See, if we believe, then guess what? The sky's the limit, or as Buzz says, to infinity and beyond. Can do it. And we can do it too. Amen? Amen. Come back next week when we talk about there's no place like home. Amen. You can. Great job too. The sharing makes all the difference.
1: and a personal yep. Yeah, we do have to work on the sound. Your sound sounded very in the cave. Yeah, I mean, you might be better off like of this. Bro. Okay. Or, or uh Alex has another uh, earpiece. It might be better. A, a okay. Oh, eight
0: been, huh? a plus. Oh yeah. Thank you, brother. Great. Love it.
1: So. Love so it. a Good start. Love good it. start. Okay. Oh, that went quick, huh? Very fast. <laughs> Good, that's better that way. Better that way. Thanks, Mary Kay. You're a, ca- you're a catalyst. <laughs> <laughs> you're also an anomaly. Yeah. You're also, yeah. Both. going to be awesome. No, but the Zita. ¿Ya no haces campamentos <laughs> de Padre Hijo que se Mande. ¿Mandy? ¿No haces campamentos de Padre Hijo no no hemos organizado. No, este, pero es algo que pueden organizar los padres. no, siempre ha sido organizado por padres. Ya, yeah, yo usualmente lo he hecho, pero este año están un poquito ocupados. Yeah. bueno, le a preguntarle de los quiénes saludan por Grey, este año no hemos ido. Sí, no, uh, no, no tenemos algo, pues ya ya está muy frío ya ahora ya yeah. cambia. Bueno, usualmente ha sido ese. en el verano. Ya. Yeah. Siempre lo hacíamos en junio. Ya. Please. Okay, brother. How did it? the other uh the other mic What do you think? <laughs> the, the one that's saying Gabriel one. Is that thing <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so they got to put it up though <laughs> again like here. Yeah,
0: I know. 欸 hey
1: Oh wow that works